Ready. This is Alex de Aguiar. Are you ready to pod? Let's go again. Quiet, please. Ready. All right, so here we are with Michael, 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 Michael. You travel a lot, don't you? Yes, I do. But not the traveling that everybody's used to. Tell us a little bit about what type of traveling you do. Uh, out-of-body travel. For those out there that don't know what out-of-body traveling is, tell us what it is. Well, it's sort of a misnomer, right? Um, out of, out of, you don't really go out of body. Um, you go more inward into the layers of yourself. Um, there are various different um, realms that um, you can pass through as you go deeper and deeper within yourself. And um, although you do have the feeling that you know when when you do project, it's also known as astral projecting. Um, when you do project, there is this uh, distinct feeling of actually being out of body, meaning that your consciousness is is with you and your energy body, um, and and you know that you're you're basically not in your physical body anymore. You've you've transversed into a different perspective, if you will. Tell us how you first discovered out of body traveling, and when what was your first experience? Oh. Well, that's that's interesting because I was uh, preparing a laptop to return, uh, not to return to its factory condition, and and uh, interestingly enough, that condition is known as the out of box experience. You know, when you open when you get your new laptop, you open it up, you you go through a wizard to set it up, and and you know you set up your name and everything else, and that's the state that I was trying to get the laptop back to so that I could um, give it to another person, right, and basically reset it back to the factory settings. And through my research on how to do that. Um, I kept coming across, uh, in my search feed, I kept coming across uh, this term out of body experience or OBE. And I had no idea what it was. And, and this is back probably in, um, I would say, uh, 2015 or so. Uh, and, uh, so after I was finished, uh, configuring the laptop and, and all that, I it, the topic got the better of me, so I went back and I started reaching, uh, researching a lot of the links that I came across, and a lot of the links didn't resonate with me at all. Um, but I came across this one person who actually resonated quite well with me, and I uh, started implementing some of his uh, exercises. Who was this? Uh, William Buhlman, and uh, I started implementing some of his techniques, and. He, Interesting things started to happen. Uh, there's a lot of visualization techniques. Like one of the techniques is to um, visualize as you're walking around your house, uh, picking up objects. It's called the target technique. So you identify three objects that you want to pick up. You, you visualize yourself walking around your house um, and picking up those objects and intently uh, looking at them and, and visualizing them and then uh, gradually moving on to the next object and to the third object, et cetera. And what I noticed starting to happen is my memory started to get a lot better. Um, and my, my recall of events started to get a lot better. That was the initial thing that I started to, to notice from all of that. And then I also started to notice that um, I started to have dreams that were lucid. I've never had lucid dreams before. Um, but if you're not familiar with a lucid dream, um, basically it's when you actually become fully conscious within your dream and everything stops and you can take control of the dream, which is pretty fascinating in itself, but it's very different from an out-of-body experience. Uh, anyway, um, I, I noticed that my, my memory was improving quite a bit. And I also noticed that, um, my dreaming was changing. It was more frequent and I was remembering my dreams in more detail. And a lot of my dreams were becoming lucid. Uh, so after about, 
I'd say 30 days of doing what he said to do religiously. Um, I were about um, uh, 90 days, I'd say I kept going. And then after about the 90 day mark, I'd say, I ended up going to sleep. And then I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom, came back uh, to go to sleep. And I figured, you know, this isn't working really. I, it's, it's nice that this really helped me with dreaming and improving my memory and all that stuff, but, but nothing's really happening. It's a lot of energy to do this. And I just like, I'm just going to go to sleep now instead of going through my ritual. And I, and I went to sleep and uh, I started having this dream where I was with a high school friend driving down a very dark road. And I got this pulling sensation that occurred and I was pulled into um, what is known as the vibrational state. And I don't know how else to explain that, but there was a definite feeling of being pulled into um, a different state. Like your soul's being pulled? So yeah, your consciousness is actually going in, into a different, into a different perspective. Uh, and, and, and so what happened is I, I awoken to the, to the vibrational state at that point. And I know a lot of you are probably not familiar with the vibrational state, but that's the, the point where, uh, you're starting to, um, make the transition over to a different realm. And that's when your energy body is, is just about, you know, getting ready to to leave um uh, into that realm and however i might i was still locked in my body right so um as these vibrations were happening i opened my eyes and i could actually see um my entire aura lit up the entire room and um and i could actually see these waves of color and and light just vibrating up and down uh, my entire body, which is really at that point, I'm, I'm looking through my, my energy eyes and, uh, and I'm looking at my energy body at that point. But, but really it's very close to the physical body at that point when you're going through the vibrational state. And also the next realm over that is, which a lot of people call the astral, um, is very much like your immediate surroundings, right? Um, it, it, they they look very much the same, um, except that you know it's it's a much lighter, more dynamic environment, and you're able to actually you know walk through uh, objects there, and and eventually um, you'll you'll find yourself if you stay long enough, you'll find yourself going deeper and deeper into other realms as well. But um, back to the vibrational state where I where this all started. Um, so the, the vibrations seemed to have gone on for for quite a few minutes and then i ended up i tried to exit my body at that point with all of the because you have remember you're, you're consciously aware at this point 100 uh, percent consciously aware probably more conscious than you are here and um i tried to implement everything that i learned over those past 90 days to exit uh, but I didn't listen to one crucial point, which was wait for the vibrations to subside before you try to, um, you know, exit because those vibrations will just hold you in place. So you have to wait for those to subside. And, uh, anyway, I ended up, I ended up tiring out and I, and I went back into sleep. And then again, the vibrations came back again. And, um, this time I waited and, uh, I, I did what William Buhlman said to do. And I, I basically said window now. And I, and I, uh, you said what window now, because you, when you move, when you, when you move in that realm, you don't, you don't move the way we move here. You move by thought. It's a very thought responsive environment. So, um, you have to think about where you want to go and, and you will 
you will travel there. It's not like you walk there. You, you, you will, you will travel to the object that, that you, uh, that you think about. Right. And the last thing you want to do is think about your body because you don't want to come back to your body necessarily. You work that hard to actually achieve this experience. So why think about your body and you want to get away from your body as quickly as possible so that, um, that attraction, uh, I forgot what they call it. There's a specific term for it, but, um, you you want to get as far away as you can so that the attraction is a lot less. So I have a question. So be, earlier on, you said about uh, moving objects. So when you wake up, did you see any objects move that you were able to move while you were, your body was out? You were having this outer body experience. Uh, I'm sorry, moving objects. Yeah, you said something about moving objects when you're you're when you're having this auto out of body experience. Were you able to move any objects? Then when you wake up, you see something. That was probably on top of the table now on the floor. No, I have no, I haven't been able to do that. Uh, and, and I think it's primarily because, you know, the physical objects here are very, very solid. They're, they're very dense. And um, that even just one realm over your energy body is just is too less dense to affect that piece of matter. I have not been able to do it. So to, to affect a piece of matter like that here is I can't do it. I haven't done it. So earlier on, when we were having a conversation sort of about this, you said that when you were a little kid, you would go to a table and you would see some mm-hmm. lady under the table. Tell us that story because I, th- I think it's fascinating. Yeah. So, um, you know, I didn't think anything of it like when I was a kid. I'm talking when I was about maybe three years old, two, three, four years old. Um, every night there for a little while, I would, I would get out of my bed, walk down the hallway. We lived in a small ranch house. I, I'd get out of my bed, walk down the hallway and um, head down to our little tiny kitchenette area and I'd crawl under the table and, and sit there. That seemed to be like my favorite spot to hang out for some reason. Uh, I don't know why, but um, I would do that quite often. And then uh, one night I, you know, what I thought was waking up in my in sleep and walking down the hallway uh, and going under that table, there was, a, there was a lady there. She was dressed all in black. She had long black hair and, and I was sitting there. I, 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 I noticed her, but I sat down and um, she uh, she didn't, really didn't say too much. And I, we, I just sat there and, and- You weren't scared? You didn't freak out? No, I, I didn't. I was like, that's interesting. Somebody's here. So I just sat down and and I just kept staring away, like I always do, off into space for some reason. <laughs> and then I I, uh, I walked back to the room and um, next day uh, I did the same thing. Uh, Walked down the hallway, she was there again. And well, I think, would you say anything? No. Smirk or faces? No, no. But after after a few times from what I can recall, she would she would, you know, you know how a, a, a grown person will, will try to amuse a child that she would do that after I think after my first few visits, she would try to do stuff like that. But there was no talking. There was as far as like faces and stuff, like funny faces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and there were no there was there was no talking or anything. But anyway, I didn't think much of it, right? So I just like I, I would always just walk back to my room and then and then one night it, it, I don't know what happened. This has been happening. It had to be happening for for weeks at this point, at least. Uh, and um, one night before I went to bed, I told myself, you know what? I'm going to ask that lady what her name is. Who is she? And um, so sure enough, that night same thing happened. Walked down, you know, the hallway and and went under the table, and there she was. And um, I did my typical thing. I sat down, I stared off into space and, and then I remembered, oh, I wanted to ask her what her name was. And I, and I stood up 
and she's sitting down Indian style and, and has all black on for whatever reason. She always had all black on. And um, I, I reached out to, to poke her and, and um, my finger, I can remember it distinctively, kind of just like going into her, into her, uh, whatever clothing she was wearing, go, go inward, like, you know, like a piece, like a piece of rubber, right? Would, I don't know how to explain it, elastic, it was very elastic and, and cushiony. And, and I said, who are you? And she didn't answer me. And then I asked again, I said, who are you? And then she looked at me and she said, I don't like you anymore. And then just like that, she was gone. And I, and I never saw her again. The next, the next night I went down the hallway. Sure enough, we went under the table. She wasn't there. Following night, same thing. And I don't know what that was all about, but my, I guess, the, the interesting point to make here is during that time as a kid, I didn't realize that those were out-of-body experiences. Now, having the experience as an adult um, and understanding what it is, I know that those are out-of-body experiences now. Um, and it's something that we do as children that a lot of us forget about when we get older. It's like a talent that gets buried. And we all have the ability to do this. It just... You know, we we become so wrapped up in our lives that we've forgotten how to do it, and it's and now you know, fast forward to uh, you know to what twenty, thirty, forty years, or however many it is, it takes a lot of energy to to put a lot of your beliefs that you've accrued aside, a lot of your fears aside, um, uh, so that you can get back to that natural state of who we really are, and. Um, and you know it, it takes a lot of energy to do that at, the, at well, when that many years go by um that's interesting so you were saying at the beginning that you began to remember outer body experiences by opening a box of uh, technology or a computer that that that's your experience when you open the box but it sort of like clicked with you that you related that to outer body experience so the search, um, I was searching Google at the time on how to prepare the laptop for the out-of-box experience. And in the search feed, uh, I saw a lot of topics on out-of-body experience, and I had no idea what that was. I was and, and I just kept ignoring those, um, those items in the search feed, you know, that came back. And I just kept going for the for the ones that were more appropriate for me, which is out of box experience. But then after I finished that out of box experience and setting up that laptop so that I could give it away, the topic got the better of me. And I, and I went back and started researching what this out of body experience stuff was. And I started reading, I was like, wow, people really do this stuff. Honestly, really? They sound whacked. Do you, but, feel, do you feel that that, that was a, uh, that wasn't, that was on purpose that you actually saw that on a search that that was a sign from the universe telling you to have some out of body experience to remember? You know, uh, I don't believe in coincidences. I, I don't believe in them at all. Um, I, it's very fortunate that both, that both uh, out-of-body experience and out-of-box experience <laughs> uh, came up on the same uh, search feed. But I do not believe in coincidences. I believe I, I was being directed in that for some reason, you know. Um, and, and, and really, when you think about it, who who really goes through the effort to to reset that laptop back to factory condition? Um, you know, I, I don't know too many people that 
that would bother to do that. They, they'd rather just format it and then give the, the device away um, instead of resetting it. But I went through the process of resetting it. So something drove me to do that. Michael, tell us a little bit about the process. What is the process to get into the state of getting, you know, detailed? Tell us the detailed process of getting out of what should one do? Well, um, the first the first thing you should do is if you're not familiar with um, this topic, I would highly suggest that you get yourself um, William Buhlman's book. And I and I, <laughs> he's the one that resonated mostly with me. You, you may need to find uh, a book that more resonates with you. Uh, but that book really, I found it very helpful and really resonated with me. The name of the book is Adventures Beyond the Body. Uh, and he has another book titled Secrets of the Soul. Um, and uh, that would be a good place to start. Uh, but to summarize the process, basically, for me anyway, is in order for me to be able to do this, like I said, it takes a lot of energy. Um, I have to listen to binaural beats for so that, I mean, I find that very helpful. Um, and if you're not familiar with binaural beats, it's basically... Uh, a, a frequency played in in one ear and a frequency that's slightly off from um, the other frequency in the other ear and and it creates beats and um, you know we have all different types there are all different types of uh, uh, states of brain function right so there's theta beta gamma right um, and you'll want to find yourself a good theta um, binaural beat or delta binaural beat. And that's another thing I want to say. I'm saying what works for me, um, but I believe uh, Delta or, or Theta are going to be the binaural beats that will help you the most. Um, can, with... can you search these beats in YouTube? Yes, you can. You can actually find them on Amazon as well. Uh, they're very popular. Um, and that what you'll do, and, and basically what you do is you walk, you, you put your headphones on and it helps be the difference in the, in the frequencies between both ears help you help your brain to get into that, that state. Right. Um, so that that's that that's a tool that you can use to help yourself. Right. Um, and then the other thing is there are guided um, meditations. But what but basically what I do is um, I have uh, chants that that I that I'll do as just before I'm going to sleep. And that's another thing. You really shouldn't do this in your bed uh, because you're conditioned to sleep in your bed. The best way to do this is to wake up after being asleep for at least, well, I forget how long it is, four to six hours so that he goes, goes through um, two or three full cycles of sleep. Um, and then get up and reposition yourself to your dedicated out-of-body experience area. And then um, lay down and um, put your binaural beats on and go through a chant. Uh, my chant basically is now I'm out of body. Um, and uh, I'm going to say my chant again. Uh, so my chant is now I'm out of body. Now I leave my body easily. I'll, I'll say things like that repeatedly, repeated. And, and um, I'll, I will also, after, you know, going through several iterations of, um, of chanting different different phrases, um, I'll I'll go through the visualization technique, which is I'll identify three objects that I want um, to really get you know deeply involved with, and and I'll visualize myself walking around my house, picking up those objects, 
and staying 100% conscious and being completely involved in the object that I have in front of me. And then I'll put that down and I will literally walk across my, my living room to another object, pick it up and, and do the same thing. And I'll do that repeatedly for several objects. And, and the goal is that the last conscious thought you have is, is you um, looking at, at that object and really feeling it and, and seeing everything in detail about it. That's, that's the goal that your last conscious thought is that because a lot of times what happens is that you'll, you'll, you'll start this visualization technique and then all of a sudden your mind will start to wander and you'll go off onto something else. And that's not going to work. You have to absolutely be a hundred percent on target with what you're looking at and stay consciously there and make sure that that is your last conscious thought before you enter into, you know, before you doze off or block out or whatever it is. That typically does it. If you can hold your concentration that long and um, it's your last conscious thought before you doze off, one of two things happens to me anyway. I either enter into a lucid dream state or I go out of body, right? Um, I think you were asking me about uh, one of the uh, experiences that I had and what a typical experience would be like. Uh, but once, once I uh, exit my body and, and again, that's a misnomer, <laughs> just, just so you know. We don't really leave our bodies. Our consciousness is, is always um, operating at several different layers. Anyway, so there's no danger? No, there's absolutely no danger. That's another thing. There's, in, in my opinion, there's absolutely no danger whatsoever. No one, while you're out of body, no spirit can come in and take your body and, and possess it or anything like that, right? It's, 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 it's not going to happen. It's really nothing that you should be concerned about. <laughs> um, but typically, a typical out-of-body experience for me is I love to fly. So once I'm out, I'll uh, maybe I'll walk through a few walls just for fun, um, and then I'll I'll uh, I'll fly. And um, uh, some things to watch out for that I would say is you know if you if you find yourself in an environment and you see a window or something like that, that typically indicates that you're that there's another realm. Um, on the other side of that window there's little there's little things you'll learn about as you do more research um so uh one of the last times i was at a body there was a window and there was a door <laughs> of course i i chose to walk through the wall instead of go through the window but i really wish i had gone through the window um to see if that would have um what happened when you went through the wall so i went through the wall and um I mean, I was in a building that I didn't, I, I wasn't sure, I, I ended up in a building where I'm not, I don't know that I've ever been in that building before. I walked through the wall um, and I started to lose consciousness. So I started to spin, which is a technique to um, maintain your consciousness when you start to lose consciousness. Like that, that'll typically happen if you enter into foggy environments or or dark environments or whatever, um, you could easily start to lose your your focus about it. So I started to spin so I could maintain my consciousness and I ended up in a stairwell. And uh, um, and then I flew, basically just flew out and started flying until I lost consciousness again, you know, but. Do you see other other people, other entities, other anything else when you're in this state? No, but I, I, I've read of um, people who are very, very good at this. Um, who have, uh, and I think William speaks to some entities, some entities that he's, um, met up with, but he, he was very, very far out. And I, and, I, and, and I believe, um, whoever it was, he was speaking, speaking with said that, you know, very few people come out this far. It's, it, it's interesting that, that you're out this far. Um, 
and uh, and I know Williams met his his uncle and his and his and his his aunt, I believe, uh, uh, on one of his first experiences. Uh, it's 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 a fascinating book when you read it. But I've never I've never met anyone, um, with the exception of were they alive or either uh, uh, no, they were deceased. They were all deceased, and and they all were younger versions of themselves. If I recall reading, you know, if I recall what I read correctly in his book. Um, the other thing is, um, I guess that I would call out is I, I did actually see my great uncle. Um, I, I felt his presence. He was, he was there. He actually came to me and, um, uh, I know he was there, but for some reason I was starting to lose consciousness and I couldn't look up to see, uh, I just didn't have the energy anymore. So. Um, I missed an opportunity. So, um, but I can't claim that I, you know, that I actually contacted him because I didn't, not like William or anyone, anybody else has really. So for the most part, it's been on my own. All right. And uh, when was the last time you, you did an out-of-body experience? Uh, it's been it's been a few years now. Um, Why so long? Why did you stop? Uh, because life, life happens. There's a lot, there's a work to do here. We you know, don't think for one second that this is an escape from reality. I'm very happy that I was, I was able to achieve um, the vibrational state and the out-of-body state and all that. And I learned a lot from it and a lot about myself. And, um, but, but what I've also learned is that there's a lot of work to do here, right? We came here for a reason. We're consciously focused here for a reason to learn. Um, and, uh, you know, life, life's priorities take over. And for me in particular, it takes me a lot of energy to do this. So it's very draining for me. It is right. But, 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 you know, if you, if you were to speak to somebody that's as adept at it as William Buhlman, then his, his answer would be like, yeah, maybe I do this every, every week or something like that. Right. But, um, and, and I will say this when I was practicing and I was having all of those out of body experiences that we were talking about in the vibrational state and all that, I will tell you that I didn't have to try anymore. When I would go to sleep at night, I put my head on the pillow. I would hear astral noises and everything. It would just happen right away. So a door does open when you practice this stuff and you do it. Um, so that's what started to happen to me. It was something that it would, it would just happen. I would always hear these astral noises just before nodding off. And, uh, that's when you know the, you're really close to the vibrational state. So I, I don't want to say that it's, it's like super difficult for me, but I have to keep at it. And it takes a lot of energy for me to do it in order for it to happen consistently. And, um, life has just gotten too busy with work and everything else. And, and, you know, you only have so much energy that you came here with. And like I said, there's, there's things we need to accomplish here. There's a reason why this could be possible, right? As well, could it bring somebody some sort of uh, information or stuff they, they're missing in life that might help them while yes. they're here? Yeah, absolutely. It certainly helped me. Um, it, it it really uh, it really helped me overcome a lot of the what I feel are negative um, issues with the religion that I was raised with. And, and I think it was a, a an opportunity for me to let go of a lot of that. And going through this has confirmed to me that more than ever, that we are sovereign beings. We do not need anyone to save us. And it's up to us. We are responsible for everything that we do, everything. And as soon as we take ownership of that, we'll all be leading better lives here.
That's the way I feel about it. Cool. Is there any advice for those up there that, that after hearing this, want to have an out-of-body experience? I would say um, everyone can do this. If, if you're looking um, for some answers uh, to life, uh, that I think that this practice holds a lot of potential for you to discover exactly who you are and, and just how powerful you are. Uh, and um, I would I would urge you to to at the very least go and get William Buhlman's audiobook, listen to it, and follow his advice, and and don't give up because it's uh, you know if I had given up on that ninetieth day uh, <laughs> or whatever day it was it was around the ninety days but if I had given up I would have never have I would have never have uh, have achieved that and and. And being able to achieve that state answered a lot of questions for me, a lot, and it removed a lot of the blockers for me. Uh, what what questions did it answer? I, I basically, you know, um, the, all this religious stuff that we're, we're handed, all this dogma that we're handed, and, and at, at such a very very young age, I had some serious questions about it. Right, a lot of questions, like why do I need a savior? Why? What's what did I do so wrong um, that I need that I need somebody to step in and save me between me and my maker? And I've always had that question. It's just never sat with me real well. And ultimately, what all of this has led to um, for me is that I, I absolutely have a, a conviction that we are sovereign beings. And I, actually, I know it's a knowing now. It's not a belief. I know because I've been. I've been in that state. I've been out of body. I know that my consciousness exists outside of this body. Um, and I know that I don't need uh, anybody's uh, assistance uh, to be in, be in union with my maker. Thank you, Michael, for being on the pod. And uh, one more thing. Don't, don't fall off the pod. <laughs> Listen up, potheads. I want to know what you thought about today's episode be part of the conversation. Go to podwithme.com, look for the episode, and place your comments. Also, if you want to tell your story on Pod With Me, go to the Contact Us section and let us know. Remember, you can listen to the pod here or on any other streaming devices that play podcasts. Oh, and if you cannot get enough of the pod, you can download the Pod With Me app, available at all app stores. This is Alex J. Aguiar, and remember, don't fall off the pod. Ready.